scripture reading for today is from Luke 24:44 through 53. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, This is what is written, The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. Look, I am sending you to what God promised, but you are to stay in the city until you have been furnished with heavenly power. He led them out as far as Bethany, where he lifted his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, overwhelmed with joy. And they were continuously in the temple, praising God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Years ago, I traveled more than I do now for work. That might be true for many of you during this time of pandemic. And one of the places that I would often travel is Chicago. I serve on one of our denominations, General Commissions, and they are housed and officed there in a building called the Chicago Temple. Even though the word temple is used in this building, it is actually home to First United Methodist Church of Chicago. And there on the second floor, you will find their beautiful traditional sanctuary. The building itself, however, looks more like a skyscraper than a church building. It extends over 20 stories high into the sky. Over the years, strategic partnerships have developed between the church and other businesses and nonprofits that are also housed in this skyscraper. Up on the very top floor, is a small chapel at many, many feet, I think over 500 feet in the air. It is considered one of the tallest churches in the world. You might not be surprised to discover that this small chapel is lovingly called the Sky Chapel. Through the ages, it's true that many Christians have long thought of God high up in the sky, somewhere up there high above the clouds and the heavens, maybe even sitting on a throne, right? Now, I don't remember as a child being forced into this way of thinking by preachers and Sunday school teachers, but still, um, it was something that I just kind of assumed that God was up there somewhere in the heavens. At times, the scriptures themselves underscore this reality, pointing to a God in the sky Isaiah 55 reads, For my thoughts, says God, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares God. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Then in today's lesson for today, in the gospel reading, we find Jesus reminding his disciples that the time has come for him to ascend to his Father in heaven. This is the traditional reading for a Sunday called Ascension Sunday, which is actually 
next Sunday in our liturgical calendar. Ascension also means to soar. It is the act of rising to an important position. This makes me think of our graduating seniors here at University UMC, soaring and rising. Congratulations, seniors. Ascension is a Sunday that comes before Pentecost, before that day when there is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised by Jesus as he leaves his disciples. And where is that? Where is that? Presumably somewhere in the sky is where Jesus leaves his disciples to head towards. Now thinking of God in this way isn't all that bad. A God somewhere off in the distance can help us remember that God is holy mystery and therefore not completely known to us. Some refer to this type of thinking as vertical theology. With a line drawn up and down, vertical theology assumes that we mere humans are way down here and God is way up here, set apart from us in the sky somewhere. By contrast, horizontal theology, horizontal theology with a line drawn side to side assumes that God is here among us. Horizontal theology makes more and more sense to me through the years. We experience the sacred presence right here in the beauty of the earth, and we see the image of God in our loved ones and in our neighbors. Scripture also, of course, backs up horizontal theology too. God so loved the world that God became one of us, dwelling among us. And Jesus himself was often preaching that the kingdom of God has come near and is right here in our presence. Horizontal theology, I also think, makes for kinder, better human beings. We are better stewards of the earth when we know that God is with us, among us, in the here and now. If the goal, if the goal in life is to escape to some place in the sky, then why would we bother taking care of the earth that we know now? You know, an approach to Christianity that fixates on the rapture and a belief that Jesus is coming back to take us away from this reality is that kind of thinking is responsible for an entire segment of christianity that has neglected the care of the earth when we find the image of god in one another we care for our neighbors better we love better when we see the holy in the mountains or in the sunset we might be led to care for the earth better this isn't a new concept. Hildegard of Bingham lived over 1,000 years ago, and she was known for saying this, We shall awaken from our dullness and rise vigorously toward justice. If we fall in love with creation deeper and deeper, we will respond to its endangerment with passion. What good words ancient words that are still timely today. We are at our best when we care for one another and all of creation. 
Now, I know this doesn't solve the question of what exactly happened when Jesus ascended and where precisely he was going. Ascension, after all, means up, right? But I've come to the conclusion that I don't need to solve that question. I'm okay with letting the mystery be of what ascension, where that place is. What I know and what is clear to me is that the disciples were empowered to go on about their business. It was as if they knew that Jesus was still with them in some profound way that was just different as it had been before. They were worshiping and celebrating. The disciples were continuing their ministry. I don't think this was the attitude of Jesus is coming, so you better look busy. It wasn't that sort of attitude. Rather, these disciples sensed that Jesus was with them all along. When we, when we ourselves experience the death of a close loved one, we may have a similar situation or a similar sensation. On the one hand, for example, we might imagine and believe that grandma is up in heaven with Jesus. But at the same time, there are moments in life when we know that grandma is right here still with us. Often for me, it's when I'm in the kitchen, baking, or whenever I visit the old Hyde Park Methodist campus off Speedway. If God, if God and Jesus and our loved ones even are in the sky somewhere, it is worth considering what exactly do we mean when we say sky? What does sky encompass? Certainly the outer limits of the sky is fascinating to many people. And I myself, I'm impressed with astronomers and amazed by astronauts who journey out into space. But for a lot of reasons, that's not my calling. I myself like to have my feet firmly planted on the ground. I see those programs, and maybe you've seen them, where they have some sort of simulation where it's like, this is your house, and then it scans out or, or spans out and says, this is your neighborhood, and then it spans out again and says, this is your city, and it kind of looks like you're looking from high above in an airplane down on the city, and then it spans out again and it says, and here is earth in outer space. And then it spans out again and says, this is the Milky Way and that tiny little speck over there is earth. And about that time, I am kind of freaking out. Of course, there is beauty in discovering the depths of inner and outer space. That is good and holy work. But we forget that like God, the sky is closer to us than we know. The scientific language for it is troposphere, the lowest region of the atmosphere where we walk around during the day. The sky is with us. Maybe vertical theology and horizontal theology don't have to compete. Maybe they belong to one another, assisting us as we deepen and broaden our faith and understanding of God, who God is, God who is all at once, close and distant. The sky, the sky can anchor us in our love for God and neighbor. As we gaze upon stars and imagine a most creative creator, and as we remember that all of us on this planet Earth live 
together under the same sky. A closing story. My father's brother, my uncle Mike, died a few years ago, died after a battle with cancer at too young of an age. It was hard. He and my dad grew up together in Aransas Pass and together they left to pursue a career, um, received their education, but returned to the coast to begin their careers. Uncle Mike, Uncle Mike had a love for the water like all the people in that family. My grandfather was a shrimper and the joke has been made that his boys learned how to swim before they learned how to walk. At Uncle Mike's funeral, a presiding pastor talked about how Mike's most favorite place in the whole wide world was standing on the shore and looking out across the water. Never was he more at peace and one with his creator and nowhere did he find more satisfaction than gazing upon that horizon that stretched for miles and miles and miles before him. Now, now when I think of the expansive mystery of God, I don't think up as much as I do across the horizon, across the horizon to forever. Amen.